Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk continues. My name is Greg Rakestraw. Bob Lovell getting his summer hiatus. He is a fish at the halfway point of that break as we speak. He is back four weeks from tonight to start season number 30. I am part of the cavalcade of <coughs> stars that get to figure that get to fill in for Bob during the month of June and July. But the true star of the show is Nathaniel Finch. We never let him speak. The other star of the show is Eddie Garrison, and he is standing standing by with an elongated edition of Network Indiana Scoreboard Update. But first, this for browncountylogcabins.com. Through some Major League Baseball scores, let's hear from the Summer League head coach for the Indiana Pacers, Engineero Pargo. The Pacers start their Summer League action tomorrow from Las Vegas, and the team was practicing earlier this week, had some media availability. The Pacers' assistant coach throughout the course of the regular season speaks about what he took away from the practices about this team? Just the maturation of our offense. Uh, not really any play calls. It's just playing the game of basketball. And uh, one of the hardest things to teach. Uh, these guys are picking it up very well. Uh, the ball's moving. Uh, it's also player movement. It is, uh, it's with good, good intentions. And uh, we're finding open shots. We're, we're hitting the next guy and we're playing together. Andrew Nimhar, Benedict Matherin, and Isaiah Jackson are three experienced players for the Indiana Pacers that will suit up tomorrow against the Washington Wizards. And Coach Pargo says those are the three players that they will heavily rely on in summer league action. Absolutely. Uh, whenever you have a chance uh, to make those three guys an example uh, with the first group, uh, the blue team is doing a great job of, uh, of watching what they do and kind of replicating that. Uh, so, yes, we're leaning, leaning hard on our three guys that's, that's been here and been around and know what we do. When it comes to what the team is trying to accomplish in Las Vegas, Coach Gennaro Pargo explains. Just playing hard and playing together. Um, I think winning would take care of itself. We're just trying to get this group to go out there and play hard, uh, play the way that we play and, and play together. Pacers tip off their Summer League action tomorrow night in Las Vegas at 8 o'clock, and you can watch it on ESPN2. That's 8 o'clock Eastern. Right now on ESPN, about four minutes ago, San Antonio Spurs Charlotte Hornets. Victor Wembanyama making his Spurs debut. He is 1 for 10 from the floor. He's got three points in total, or six points in total after he gets to the foul line a handful of times, eight rebounds, and he has blocked five shots. On the other side, Brandon Miller, the second overall pick in the draft. He is four of 13 from the field, three of nine from downtown. He's got 14 points and nine rebounds. Now transitioning to Major League Baseball, it's in the top of the seventh in Milwaukee. The Reds have forced Devin Williams, the closer for the Brewers, into the game. Joey Votto doubled in the top of the ninth inning at score Jonathan India. So right now the Reds have runners on second and third. Spencer Steer is at the plate with one out. It is 7-3 Milwaukee. They're in the top of the eighth in Chicago between the White Sox and the Cardinals. And the Cardinals are down to their final out. The White Sox are leading 8-7. They scored two runs in the bottom of the seventh inning. Luis Robert 
Hit a home run to tie it at seven. And later on, Eloy Jimenez scored on a walk from the Cardinals pitching staff who has struggled in the bullpen this season. Assuming the White Sox are able to knock knock it down here with Kendall Graveman, they will be 38-52, and and St. Louis will be 36 in 52, just wild to see the Cardinals 16 games under 500 as we are in the first week of July. The Toronto Blue Jays and the Detroit Tigers earlier tonight. 12 2 advantage goes to the Blue Jays. They scored five runs in the top of the ninth inning. Alex Fiedo made his return off the injured list for the Tigers. Three and two thirds gave up seven earned. Alec Manoa returned for the Blue Jays after being at their independent league. And their summer vacation facility for spring training for the last month. He went six innings, gave up one run, picked up his second win of the season. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Final hour of Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk for this Friday night. Greg Rakestraw, substitute teacher. Our next guest, a frequent substitute teacher on this program, not actually in a classroom. It's Brendan King. He is the voice of the South Bend Cubs, amongst many of the things that he does. Tonight, they lose to Peoria by a score of 12-5, to which meant no Gatorade bath for Brendan this evening. <laughs> Was that last night before, after Game 1 or Game 2 that, that I saw that fly by in my social media timeline? Yeah, Rake, it was a funky-type night yesterday because we had a game suspended on Wednesday night in the bottom of the ninth inning due to lightning, and we had to carry it on the next day. So literally at 6 o'clock, we picked things up back in the ninth inning, went to extras, walked it off in the 10th, and there was no Gatorade bath after game one because we had to wear those same jerseys for game two. And then what you saw was the conclusion of game two, the 10th no-hitter in South Bend franchise history, the fourth as the South Bend Cubs. That was last night. Uh, you mentioned the score tonight. And, you know, 12-5, it really doesn't uh, define the ball game. You know, Peoria got six runs in the ninth inning, so really it was close for, you know, eight or so innings, and it was Peoria being really uh, really productive down the stretch. All right, because it was a seven-inning game number two, I assume they played seven in the second game, knowing you had to complete the first game. Did the same pitcher throw all seven innings, or was it a team effort last night? Yeah, so that's part of why it was funky. We played a full nine. Okay. Um, I, okay. I don't know exactly – the reasoning because we thought it was going to be seven as well, but I think it was just both managers got together, Rake, and um, and said, "Hey, let's 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 play nine. So no, it was a legit no hitter, and it was a four combined pitchers. So really, really fun. Now, some might say that's not a, a legit no hitter because it was four combined pitchers, but that's an argument we can have for a different day. <laughs> um, yeah. You you are coming up to uh, something that's a little bit different now that you get Mondays off. But it used to be for every minor league broadcast, you see the all-star break, you're like, I love my job, but thank you, Jesus. Uh, it's three or four days away. You, you should not get a Monday off the way that you do now. So other than laundry, what are you doing for that four-day span of no baseball and no travel? Well, actually, I'm going to be sitting in on this program. I'm going to be in next Friday and Saturday. Uh, going to spend some time in Indianapolis with uh, with the friends and take some time off. So, yeah, a lot of laundry, a lot of rest, but looking forward to being on these airwaves uh, next week, sitting in for Coach over the summer, which is obviously something we all enjoy. And anytime, obviously, we get that opportunity, it's a treat. So now in the Midwest League, basically the season resets as of next Friday, correct? Yeah, well, it, it already has. So the okay. second half has been in action for the last 12 days, Drake. Okay. 
Um, and it, as you said, it is a reset. And you know what, South Bend, uh, champions in 2019 and 2022 in the Midwest League. Um, we were both, in both championships, a second-half playoff team. So, you know, that's really – it does happen like that often in minor league baseball because usually the team that wins the first half all their guys are going to get promoted. Right. And by the time September rolls along, that roster is not as deep. In our case, in those two championships, we got some of the best talent that the Cubs organization had to offer for that second half. And, and we took that rainbow to a championship, and it was a lot of fun. What sort of player movement either guys exiting because they're really good or the next guy in the pipeline are you looking at for the second half of the year? Yeah, that's a good question. And – to be honest with you, Rake, I'm not exactly sure because there's a good problem the Cubs have right now. Kevin Alcantara, who was the big piece coming back for Anthony Rizzo from the Yankees, he's only 20. He homered twice tonight, just got done with June. He hit 306 last month. He's the Cubs' number three prospect, big six foot six, 220 pound center fielder. Looks like a stretch four as he plays out in center field, to be honest with you. Uh, the Cubs are going to have a big decision with him because he's only 20. Usually 20-year-olds don't go to double-A unless your name is Ellie De La Cruz. Um, so, you know, the Cubs, they could very easily decide to challenge him at double-A or they could tell him, hey, Kevin, keep on raking. You're doing well at South Bend. So I think that rake is going to be the ultimate question for us down the stretch. I've got about a minute here. Um, tomorrow, as I look at the schedule, is spin to win Saturday. Is it like dizzy bat every other inning? What do you have to spin to win at the artist formerly known as the Cove? Imagine a Wheel of Fortune wheel that is standing up and much smaller. There's a flat-screen TV on there. There's a PS5 on there. But also there's a hot dog and a box of popcorn on there. So you, you kind of got to get lucky with the TV. But once an inning, a fan gets to spin that and try and win a TV, Xbox, or uh, gaming system. So it has it uh, been a hit over the last year or so for sure. Allow me to offer two suggestions. One, go to more Dizzy Bat. People laugh at him that way. And two, add Brendan will mow your yard on an off day. I think that would also be very popular amongst Michiana residents and South Bend Cub fans. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be perfect alright I'll ma- I'll make the call to the front office right now thank you buddy get some sleep and enjoy your weekend we'll see you down here next week thanks Rick see you soon Brendan King the voice of the South Bend Cubs the Cubs as in the South Bend variety fall to Peoria today by a score of 12 to 5 when we come back how about Drew Storen joins the program on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. With this Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard updates, I'm Eddie Garrison. couple final scores since the top of the hour scoreboard update. It has now gone final in Milwaukee. 7-3 win for the Brewers. Devin Williams comes in and he strikes out. Nick Senzel with the bases loaded to end the game. Senzel chased two change-ups that were at his shoe tops. And swung and whiffed twice. Devin Williams now with 19 saves of this on the season. Colbert Burns, he went six innings, gave up two, struck out six Reds hitters. He picked up his seventh win. Andrew Abbott coming into tonight for the Reds. He had given up five runs in total. He gave up six in his start today. He went four and a third, nine hits, six earned runs. His ERA now jumps up to 2.38. 
eight. Offensively for the Reds, it was all Joey Votto today. He was two for four at the plate, which is half of their hits. He drove in all three of their runs, two of which came on a home run, and then an RBI double in the top of the ninth inning. Offensively for the Brewers, Owen Miller had three hits. Willie Adamas hit a home run and drove in three, and that is pretty much the summary there for the Brewers. 73 win over Cincinnati. Brewers are now 48 and 41. The Reds are 49 and 40. That ends their five game winning streak. The St. Louis Cardinals in the Chicago White Sox game has also gone final and the White Sox win 8 to 7. They were trailing this 5 to 0. St. Louis came back and tied it at 5, but then the White Sox were able to pull away with an 8-7 win. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Welcome back on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Thank you to Eddie Garrison. Thank you to Nathaniel Finch. And Again, sometimes I will take other interviews that I have done and kind of repurpose them for this show. This one actually was a couple of weeks ago on our flagship station, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. But it's evergreen, as we say in the business. It's still relevant. Um, Drew Storen former major league pitcher, former top 10 draft pick, and now bourbon entrepreneur. He's making whiskey out of the corn from Field of Dreams. Seriously. I began my conversation with him saying, where did you hatch this idea? That was a road trip with my best friend, uh, Andy Keller. So Andy and I would uh, hunt down some rare bourbons back in the day uh, when I was playing in D.C., and we were just kind of spitballing different ideas and talking about different types of corn. That's when we kind of go, oh. What if we took the corn from the Field of Dreams movie site and put it into whiskey? <laughs> and uh, you know, kind of a fun, you know, have a couple drinks with your buddies throughout the years and talk about it. And nobody ever said it. Yeah, that's never going to work. So uh, you know, pivot to when I retired, reached out to uh, the people at the movie site, got in t- contact with the Ray family who takes care of the field, and they told me they sold that corn like any other corn. So I said I had a better idea, and uh, here we are. So you took a U-Haul, I'm reading from my buddy Matt Van Tryon's article from from back in last August. You take a U-Haul from Indianapolis out to Dyersville, Iowa, and bring back corn here to Indianapolis. Is that correct? Yeah. So I got a a grain bin from a a local farmer friend of mine uh, after he taught me about corn, and we put it on a U-Haul and uh, filled her up and took it back here and had our first barrel put down and then had some other juice made for a canned cocktail and... uh, Realized the corn's great for making whiskey. So uh, from then, we uh, took 36 semis and took the entire crop from the 2021 game, so almost 5 billion kernels, and uh, transported that up to Minnesota to be distilled. And obviously, the, the marketing hook is pretty obvious to see, but at the end of the day, how good's the product? <laughs> the product has to be good. Uh, that was something that I, I take a lot of pride in my I always have said I know bourbon, so I'm putting my money where my mouth is. But um, in this first one, I wanted something that's extremely approachable. So if you're a whiskey fan or just a baseball fan that wants to get into whiskey, um, it's friendly, um, but it's it's a two-sided bourbon as well. So neat, it tastes uh, one way. It kind of hits for power, but then uh, I say you butter the corn <laughs> with one, one, little, one little ice cube, and it opens up into a completely different animal. I tried to 
you know, I try to get the taste similar to one of my favorite bottles in my collection, which is an old Four Roses 125. So I, I'm just taking all the fun things from my collection, whether it's a blue wax top from one of my favorite bottles. That's why we have a blue wax top and trying to mold it all into this fun story. All right. Drinkfieldofdreams.com is the website where you can kind of go to find out more. This is a great problem to have, but but it can be a problem. And, and that is once you've put your, your, your blood, sweat, and tears, your life into being a professional athlete – once that ends, there is always the question, okay, now what do I do? Um, what, so so what, what is the, the rush of this like to getting a save, to getting a big strikeout? Does this kind of fill what, what, what that void might have been for you? It's certainly, um, you know, for me, the design is a big passion of mine. So I get to do that, you know, kind of in the, in the bullpen per se. Right. And now it's to the point where two years in, I go out and I've, I've thrown the pitch on the mound and I don't, you know, now I lose control. I don't know. I'm not selling every bottle. And, uh, it's kind of like you're watching the ball get hit around and it's pretty amazing to see, you know, what, what's happened. It's I, I've been as biased as anybody in the belief in this concept, but I didn't know, it was going to be this this incredible of a reception. Have you gotten to the point now where you're thinking about, okay, what's next? Or are you still too knee-deep in this to worry about whatever the next project's going to be? It's a little bit of both. You know, it's it's kind of just like baseball, right? You take it a day at a time or any other cliche I want to roll out there. But at the same time, you always want to set that trajectory high. And, um, you know, that's something where in the months past, I've been really prepping for potential. Okay, here's an avenue. Here's an avenue. Um, anytime you can be proactive towards things versus reactive that's that's going to really help grow this and uh, you know it's an art you know we're very limited um with with our numbering system you know we only have twenty two thousand eight hundred and sixty bottles that are going to be spread across at least three or four states so we're not talking as we're it's a quarter of a pappy van winkle run so it's pretty thin but you know we're we're armed with production to double and triple as we move forward and that's where we've heavily invested all of our money into putting a bunch of barrels down to make sure that we get this bottle into as many hands as possible, whether it's year one or year six. Sadly, you, you can't give a bottle to Ray Liotta at this point, but you can give one to Kevin Coster. You can give one to Timothy Busfeld, Amy Madigan, et cetera. Have you had any contact with like the people that are involved with the movie about getting this product in their hands? Yeah. So I, I've talked to Kevin Coster and his people, um, actually when I started this. So, uh, that's on my list to get one out to him. Um, and then I'm forgetting the actor's name, and I should know it that plays his father in the movie, but I had the chance to meet I can, him last I can, year. I can picture my is, – is, it's not Frank Whaley. He plays uh, Moonlight Graham, but I, I, forgot, I forgot his dad's yeah. name, but I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Yep. Yep, so I had a chance to meet him last year, and he's extremely uh, – Dwyer. Okay. Um, yes, uh, and, and so he – I want to get him a bottle as well. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, that's all a really important piece of it. Um, you know, get this – Get this in the hands of the people that are, you know, behind making this a real thing. Um, because, like I said, it's been a long journey. I've had an incredible amount of help from people in, of all angles to make this make this happen. It's been fun. So, clearly, you're keeping yourself busy. Just how much baseball are you consuming these days? How much are you watching? Uh, I'll watch it with my, – my oldest son is six, so he's, you know, he's real into baseball. So, I love watching it with him and, and teaching him. And so, we'll watch Tuck. Uh, and the Cubs, but of course you can't not watch the Reds at this point. Um, but I, I'm not catching their games as as much as I plan to now. Oh, I mean it, it's a it's a beautiful symphony, right? You have the young guys, you got David Cruz coming up, just lighting the world on fire, beating balls out, hit to first, which is just my favorite part about that clip is watching the guys' reaction in the dugout. Right. I was just like, what just happened? Um, but you you know you have a group of 
young guys, homegrown guys, or, you know, the Reds gave them a shot. You know, anytime you have young guys that have a chance to make a name in the big leagues together, that's when you have something special. And then you sprinkle in Jovo, who, you know, is a franchise guy, is the franchise, and gets it, and is one of the best, most aware nicest teammates I've ever played with and not to mention just one heck of a baseball player. So to see him come back last night, like that's, that's goosebump type stuff. That's, you know, again, stuff you can't script because it would be too hokey for a movie. Um, But that's what makes the game beautiful. And I think that's the spark, you know, to really, you know, again, add to that trajectory, Um, go to the Mars at this point, you know, it's, it's pretty, pretty fun to see because I've been on the other side of it. You know, I think, I see a lot of parallels to 2012 in D.C. where yeah, the expectations weren't necessarily there, but, you know, that's when special things happen. And then you see the stats with them coming from behind late in games. That, once you get that as part of your bit, your resume, that's always in the back of guys' heads when you're playing. Like, oh, man, are they, they're not going to do it to us. So then you start combating that concept more than playing, right, instead of just pitching and get the guy out. Um, you're like, oh, we're not going to let them get us this time. That's, you know, the fact that they've been able to do it to other people, that's that's a pretty good thing to have as part of your reputation. I think 16 one-run one run wins for the Reds so far, and over 60% of their wins have been in games that they have trailed. Some of the things that uh, Drew has been talking about. Thought of you uh, when I was calling a baseball game. I had a chance to go to a couple of Indiana State games this year. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, my partner looks at me, and there's two outs. The first two guys have struck out, and he throws seven fingers. And I go, it's about a half a second, I go, they haven't touched a ball yet this inning. But I didn't say that. It was kind of me figuring that. And I go, there's an A strike. And so I got to call an immaculate inning. You had a chance to pitch one in your last year with the Reds. Um, what what was that like for you back in 2017? <laughs> that is, that's, that's the bullpen perfect game right there. Um, it was something I remember talking about one of my first couple of years in the big leagues. And the day we talked about it, I was eight for nine. So I almost had it on the same day we talked about it. And it was always the elusive, you know, thing. So, you know, by the time I got to Cincy, my stuff wasn't nearly what it was at the beginning of my career. And I remember that game because I got the first two guys and I'm like, man, I have a chance. And, and when I did it, I, I high five tuck and I said, now I can retire. You know, that was, <laughs> that, was, that was, I was like, I did it. I did it, man. Like, that's incredible. Um, you know, just one of those fun feats, you know, you, and especially to be able to throw it to him. Right. Uh, that, between that and and that, it was the same ball the entire time. They never made contact. Those are my two cents. Two, my two bonus points that really mean a lot to me when it comes to having one of those. And like I said, I was never a starter, so I never had a chance to do anything cool as a starter. So it, it might as well do it from the bullpen. That is Drew Storen. Field of Dreams whiskey is what you want to be able to drink and enjoy your weekend. Thanks to him for joining us. Coming up, how about playing 247 holes of golf in one day? We'll explain when we come back on IS. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. With this Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard updates... I'm Eddie Garrison. Yesterday, the Indiana Pacers made it official with the signing of Bruce Brown. It's a two-year contract worth $45 million and a team option on the second year. He had his press conference yesterday, and he explained what excites him the most about this Pacers team. Yeah, the guys they have in the locker room, Buddy, Miles, um, Ben, um, 
Um, and then obviously Tyrese. Uh, we got a deep team, um, and we, we got something to prove. Brown is now joining the Indiana Pacers after spending time with the Detroit Pistons, the Brooklyn Nets, and last year with the NBA champion Denver Nuggets. The president of the basketball operations for the Pacers and Kevin Pritchard, he explains what Bruce Brown does. The thing with Bruce that excites me the most is he'll do that. He'll run. He'll get out and transition. He'll fly around. But he also does a lot of dirty work. He'll dive on loose balls and he'll set the hard screens. Leading up to signing his contract with the Indiana Pacers, Bruce Brown said he talked to Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah, he called me when free agency started. Um, it was like, you'll be a perfect fit um, on both ends of the floor. And if I need him, he wants to play off ball a little bit. If he does, um, I can do that for him, just get, get run the offense a little bit. But yeah, just playing both ends of the floor, shooting the ball, getting out of transition. The other new player with the Indiana Pacers is Obadiah Obi Toppin, as the Pacers officially acquired him today for two future second-round picks from the New York Knicks. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Welcome back. It is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. And when you get to July, this show is a little bit different than it is during the course of the fall or, of course, as the winter because we have, you know, dozens of coaches calling us after games. In the summer, it's a different show, and we kind of pre-plan guests. We kind of talk about stories that are unique and interesting. Well, how about playing 247 holes of golf on one day at one of the finest courses in the Midwest? That was the case for a young man that plays at Trine University up in northeast Indiana at the Division Three level who has a wonderful internship this year at French Lick Resort, which meant he got to do this uh, golf marathon for a wonderful cause on the Pete Dye Golf Course. His name is Nick Cacaro, and he joins us now. Nick, thank you so much for the time. You're about 72 hours removed from playing like a year's worth of golf in one day. So my first question to you is how you feeling today? Today I'm feeling I'm feeling a lot better than I was the last two days. <laughs> I have played a golf marathon, and this now dates back 16 years ago. I did mine at Heartland Crossing. I would never have gotten close to 247 holes. Had about a two-hour rain delay that threw off my round. I completed about 135. I am nowhere near the golfer that you are. I'm nowhere near the athlete, frankly, that you are. Um, I couldn't move the next day, so so I understand. Um, I, I guess this first things first. Where did this? What was kind of the germination of this this idea? Where, where did this kind of start to begin for you to play this many holes on one day? So originally, it just started out as me wanting to check something off my golf bucket list and just play a hundred holes in a day. So I picked out the date, picked July 4th, um, and then someone back home gave me the terrible but wonderful idea to play 247 holes for America's birthday. And it was just kind of a joke at first, but then I really thought about it. I'm like, you know, that'd be really cool. So then the word that word got around here that I was going to do it, and French Lake Marketing got a hold of the story, and then it just kind of took off from there and then decided I was going to do it for charity and it, it really just took off really fast. All right, for those that don't know, uh, I know a little bit about, about Folds of Honor. Uh, a, a good friend of mine's the golf coach, you and him, Brent Nickerson. He kind of has a different, like, Folds of Honor player each time they kind of go out. Explain to those that may not know exactly what Folds of Honor is and, and kind of what they do. Uh, it's a charity organization that sends kids to college who have lost their parents in the line of duty. So, and that college is completely paid for them for them so it doesn't cost them a dime 
what was the goal in terms of money raised and what are you sitting at three days after the fact? Well, there was no real goal because we didn't decide to do this for charity until the second, until two days before <laughs> this. Um, so it was really just any money that I could raise was awesome. And we're at a little over five grand right now, and money is still coming in. That is awesome. So now the most important part of this entire conversation, if someone wants to add to the kitty and continue to donate, what's the best way they can do so? What's kind of a, a website place they can go check out and hopefully donate to a wonderful cause? So we're keeping all the money going through us, and then once all the money comes into us, we will write Folds of Honor one big check. So if if people want to check me out on social media, just shoot me a DM. Um, I can give them more information. We're taking Venmo or just checks. And then once we get all the money, one big check will go out to Folds of Honor. Uh, that is absolutely tremendous. So um, kind of the, the, the good news, bad news, you're going to do a golf marathon in this state. You're going to do it in late June or early July because you have like literally more than 15 hours of daylight uh, to be able to play. The bad news is, is that it tends to be, you know, uh, once you get about three or four hours in, like 80, 90 degrees or more. So what was the weather like in Orange County on Tuesday? So weather was perfect. Now, it was hot, but no wind. So it kept the golf fairly easy. I mean, tough golf course here, but it kept the golf somewhat easy. Um, and I, the heat really didn't start to get to me till later in the afternoon when it's really started to get up to about 90. One of the hidden perks of doing a golf marathon, at least it was for me, you, you got to kind of bend the rules as to where you could take the cart. Like you couldn't drive it on the green. You couldn't drive it in a bunker. Everywhere else is kind of like free game. Was that the case yep. for you on Tuesday as well? Yep, yep, and the superintendent here even told me to do so um, because he had a time-lapse camera for me, actually, that I had strapped to the cart. So he, he told me pretty much drive wherever I want <laughs> to make sure I get make sure I get some good footage. That that spoils you, uh, you know, for everything else. The other thing that I thought about, too, and we talk about how, again, how cool this is that, that you're at one of the top golf courses, not just in this state, but, but in the Midwest, frankly, in the country, it's also exactly not as easy as doing this at the local Muni. So with that, the degree of difficulty of doing this at this course in terms of scoring conditions, what was that like for you on Tuesday? Well, fortunately, I play a lot of golf, especially <laughs> down here. I mean, I pretty much play every single day. So I've played a little over 750 holes here so far this summer. So that definitely helped. Uh, for yesterday to really you know know the course know where my ball is going to end up if i don't hit the fairway and stuff like that so 247 holes did i see 28 birdies and an eagle is, is that about an accurate description of of your more than one round of like 13 rounds that you played on on tuesday yeah 29 birdies and one eagle okay. uh, the eagle came pretty early in the day and it really kind of helped me get going it was my third round i hold out from like 60 yards and I actually didn't see it go in because I couldn't see the hole. Uh, but there was a, one of the grounds crew guys, he was mowing the runoffs of the green right there. So he saw it go in. So that was pretty cool. All right. So uh, what was your best 18? Like what What, what was the uh, – did you, did you even keep like a, like a total score to par for the entire day? Total score to par I did not keep. I could add that up. Um, best round was a 69. Um, I averaged like a 77 for all 13 rounds. 
That's tremendous. Nick Kakaro is our guest. Again, he plays golf at Trying, going to be a junior uh, playing for the Thunder this coming year. Golf intern at French Lick and the Die Course. And again, he played 247 holes on Tuesday uh, for Folds of Honor. Now, um, you know, there, you're always having a snack potentially or making sure you're hydrated during the course of a normal 18 hole round. What are you doing knowing you're trying to play for 15 straight hours? Well, believe it or not, I didn't eat that much food. Now, I drank probably close to a case of water. I had I bought six big Gatorade bottles the day before. I drank all of those. Um, but in terms of food, I had a Belvita and a couple Nature Valleys the, the first few rounds I played. I stopped after round number six at about 11, had a sandwich, and then from there on out, I didn't eat for the rest of the day. How many different did you go through any change of clothes at the course of the day, or was it the same gear the entire time? Oh, I just rocked the same gear. I didn't see a point in changing because I was going to sweat anyways. <laughs> My day that I turned to do this, it was so humid. I think I went through three shirts at least. Oh, uh, and, and again, I'm I'm in a little different shape than you are. Even when I did this, uh, you know, some fifteen, sixteen years ago. Um, what time did you finish on Tuesday? Eight oh five. You, in other words, you had like an hour of daylight left to go. Uh, that, yeah, that's that's pretty impressive. Um, did you get the day off on Wednesday? I did not get the day off on Wednesday. Nope, I had to come into work. What? I had to come into work. Did they let you sleep a little bit longer? Was it was it first thing you'd be there Wednesday morning? Well, I actually was supposed to open, um, but fortunately, one of the other interns down here was kind enough to switch shifts with me, so I got to come in at 11. Uh, so I did get to sleep in a little. There you go. A um, couple quick things, and then we'll let you go. I realize like the, the impact of this for you, again, you, you nailed it right off the top. It's a golf bucket list item, and you got to do it for a great cause. Um, what is the thing that you will remember the most about this, or you, you'll kind of feel the best about once we get once days turns into weeks months years etc probably finishing on the last hole like i was just out here playing golf just trying to raise money for a good cause i don't think i really realized what i was doing until the last hole and there was there was a few people there in the last hole that celebrated with me and showered me with water bottles and there like that moment realizing like hey i'm done i just did something pretty cool that that feeling will stick with me for a while for right. sure that's wonderful nick i really appreciate the time man and, and uh again I, I i have some idea of, of what you just did but not at that level of course and not that many holes that is truly remarkable thanks for the time i greatly appreciate it thank you greg appreciate you having me on that is hard to imagine a better way of spending your fourth of july than what that young man just did and what a story he has to tell for generations to come um go check out him nc underscore golfer is where you can follow him on twitter and donate to what he has done for folds of honor which is a wonderful charity talk about the fort wayne 10 caps when we come back on network indiana's indiana sports talk with this whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 
Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard updates. I'm Eddie Garrison. Let's go through the final scores for tonight and the final update. The Cincinnati Reds fall to the Milwaukee Brewers 7-3. That ends the Reds' five-game winning streak. They are now 49-40. Milwaukee is 48-41, meaning the Reds still have a one-game advantage over the Brewers in the National League Central game. Two of the three games set tomorrow will be on Fox Sports 1. The Chicago White Sox come from behind to defeat the St. Louis Cardinals 8-7. They trailed this one 5-0. Luis Robert, he launched his 26th home run of the season and what has been a career year thus far for the lone all-star for the White Sox, who is a home run derby participant on Monday night. The White Sox are now 38-52. and 52. The Cardinals are 36-52. and 52. Jamison Tyone goes eight innings of one-run ball. Shuts down the New York Yankees. 3-0 win for the Chicago Cubs. Albert Alzale came out of the pen and, and launched his sixth save of the season. Cody Bellinger hit a home run for the Cubs. And Nico Horner, Patrick Wisdom drove in the other two runs. The Cleveland Guardians also shut out their opponent tonight. And that is the Kansas City Royals. 3-0 win for the Guardians. Aaron Savale. Went scoreless for his third outing of the season. Seven innings. Emmanuel Classe picked up his 25th save. The Guardians are now right at 500 at 44 and 44. The Detroit Tigers lose 12 to 2 to the Toronto Blue Jays. The Indianapolis Indians defeat the Memphis Redbirds 2 to 1. Fort Wayne Tinkcats defeat the West Michigan Whitecats 5 to 3. And the South Bend Cubs lose today as well. Eddie, that's enough for you. Go home. Thank you very much. Enjoy your weekend. My name is Greg Rakestraw. Me and Nathaniel Finch take it the rest of the way. And you reference those Fort Wayne Tin Caps. They've got a week-long winning streak. They may never lose again or something like that. Mike Moz is the radio voice of the Tin Caps, and he joins us now. Mike, do you have pizza in hand on your way home at this point? Oh, I'm, I'm home. I've got pizza for my family. I'm starting to relax and um, to think back about what a difference a few weeks makes in this baseball team. Uh, because the season started the month of May, the Tin Caps were five and sixteen. On May thirteenth, they were ten and twenty-two. And since that date, including the win tonight over West Michigan, they're thirty-two and fifteen. First place in the Eastern Division and second half of the Midwest League. And uh, everything is turning up roses right now for them. They've won a season-high six games in a row, seven out of eight, nine out of 11. And uh, as I say, everything's turning up roses. 10-3 and three is the official record in the second half of the season. We had Brendan King on 40 minutes going in. For those that don't follow single-A baseball, you have a first-half champ. You have a second-half champ. So quickly, the overall record for the 10 caps is, is put in the rearview mirror. Simply put, from the end of May or from May on, what has changed for this baseball team? Has it been addition of talent? Has it been mistakes that, that are, are, are no longer being made by young baseball players? What's been the difference these last 47 games? You start with the manager, Jonathan Matthews, who for three years was our hitting coach. Uh, he is out of the state of Iowa. It's his second managerial spot professionally. And he tries, he, he tries to manage with an even keel, don't get too high with the win. Don't get too low with the loss. You combine that with a change in the weather. The Tin Caps, like most of the teams, have a lot of players that are uh, from down be it Mexico or Venezuela sure. or Colombia. The weather starts getting warmer up here. 
those players start to feel more comfortable. You get that and a confidence that this team can do some things. We've got a player, uh, the Padres' number one prospect, shortstop by the name of Jackson Merrill, 20-year-old kid out of suburban Baltimore. He's got a never-say-die attitude. He's in Seattle right now because tomorrow he is going to be playing in the All-Star Futures game. Second 10-cap to ever do so uh, behind uh, Robert Hassel III, who played in it last year. And basically what Johnny has said is, hey, we're going to win some, we're going to lose some. Just keep working to be the best you can every day, whatever you do. We've got a great starting pitching core, Greg. And, uh, you know, we got, we got the 2022 Big Ten Pitcher of the Year uh, on our staff from Iowa. Uh, some of the top prospects. We've got 11 of the top 30 San Diego prospects on our roster right now. And we're getting some breaks. And I'll give you one quick example because I know there's a time factor. Last um, Monday, finished a series at Lake County, suburban Cleveland. And we're getting beat two outs, top of the ninth inning. Ground ball to second base. Game should end. Second baseman, wild throw to first. The next thing you know, no. Three batters later, we get a grand slam home run (laughs) and come away with a 10-7 win. Um, three nights ago, we're down one nothing. bottom of the seventh inning, two outs, six consecutive runs, uh, four doubles, two singles, and it's just one of those things. We've had some – believe it or not, the 10 caps lead the Midwest League in home runs, which has never hmm. happened in the 30 years of the franchise. And uh, we had a couple of more tonight. Bullpen has been our Achilles heel. Last night we had a sidearmer by the name of Ethan Routson came in, pitched three perfect innings, didn't allow a hit, didn't allow a base runner, induced seven ground outs, one fly out, and one strikeout. That's the breaks we've been getting lately. This team has a feeling that, that they can be down 10 runs, but they can come back and win. Go enjoy that pizza and some downtime, my friend. Enjoy your all-star break next week, and thanks for the conversation always, Michael. You take care. Thanks a lot. Mike Maz again. He is the play-by-play voice of the Fort Wayne Tin Caps. They have now won six consecutive games. We'll wrap it up next on IST. Welcome back for the final time this evening in Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Greg Regstraw. I am on the books to do this one more time. The last Friday of July, three weeks from tonight on July the 28th. Schedule is always subject to change, and they get a little self-promotion from me. You can always find what I'm doing these days at iscsportsnetwork.com. Now, we have talked a lot of minor league baseball. We've talked a lot of baseball in general. We've talked some Indiana Pacers basketball. We've talked bourbon. We've talked golfing 247 holes in one day. We have literally gone old school, wide world of sports. We have spanned the globe. One thing we have not talked about tonight, I teased it up about an hour hour or so ago is that I would talk some IndyCar even though it's a weekend off IndyCar last week was at Road America and much like seemingly like every other race weekend other than the Indy 500 Alex Pillow won uh, Alex Pillow is putting off is putting together a season kind of like his teammate Scott Dixon did uh, three years ago in the pandemic shortened year where he had a championship locked up rel- relatively early in terms of a full schedule the season that Pillow was putting together is kind of like Dan Weldon did in 2005 when he won the 500. 
and he basically had the points championship locked up going into the last race of the year, which hasn't happened in a long time. Alex Pillow has a 110-point lead on his closest competitor, which is his teammate in Scott Dixon. Basically, the most points you can get in a weekend is 53. He has a two-race lead in terms of the points championship. That is that is unheard of in a series that is so much about parity. What is now being talked about is Alex getting something rare, which is a chance to make the jump directly from the IndyCar series to Formula One. A lot of guys that have an F1 background that come to IndyCar, very few have a chance to kind of go back there. Sebastian Bourdais, who again, yes, under the IndyCar banner, and after his Formula One days came back to IndyCar, but really kind of made that jump from Champ Car to Formula One. And maybe with his old team, the AlphaTari team, uh, seemingly has an interest in Pillow, who was under contract this year for Chip Ganassi, but is under contract next year for McLaren. Could he end up driving another team in Formula One? And. And Formula One that now suddenly has a much greater presence in this country with three races in the States this year, not to mention the race they just had in Montreal a couple of weeks back. They are running uh, the British Grand Prix this weekend, but it's possible that Alex Pillow could be in a race car by the end of the year. The IndyCar series ends the weekend after Labor Day at Laguna Seca, and there's talk that Pillow could be in a car in come September. The run that he has been on has been absolutely remarkable. And it looks like he's had a chance to win a second championship in three years driving for what is thought to be the number two car in the Chip Ganassi stable. So no Indy car this week. But what Pillow has been doing, I think certainly merits a mention. Nathaniel, great to work with you as always. Thanks to Eddie Garrison for his work on the scoreboard updates each and every 15 minutes. You will hear me in a guest position early in the show tomorrow night. Weather permitting, I hope, after an Indy 11 victory against FC Tulsa. Thanks for putting up with me. Thanks for listening to a summertime edition of Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk.